Hey, I'm Andrew Hales, and this video is brought to you by BetterHelp. In this video, we discuss bipolar disorder and the effects it has on all aspects of life. Many of you might relate to my guest today, whether with depression or anxiety or any mental illness, and might find it difficult to get help. I myself have dealt with depression. It can definitely be tricky finding help, let alone getting out of bed. So that's why I partnered with BetterHelp for this video. Finding a therapist, making an appointment, and leaving your home to meet a stranger, it's not easy. It's also very expensive, running $150 to $300 a session. BetterHelp makes getting therapy easy by allowing you to connect with a professional therapist anywhere and anytime you need it. You can use messaging, video chat, or phone calls, modern therapy that's built around your schedule. You can even switch therapists anytime to match with the right therapist. And best of all, it only costs an average of $65 per week. So if you think BetterHelp can be a benefit to you, please click on my link in the description box and get started today. Okay, thank you. Here's the video. Hi, I'm Andrew Hales. Welcome to another edition of Chatting With. I'm here with Paloma. Paloma. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you have bipolar disorder. Yes. Okay. Yes. When were you diagnosed? Um, I was diagnosed February of 2016, which was about a year and a half after I started showing symptoms of mania and depression. And I was diagnosed at that time with bipolar 1, PTSD, and anxiety with OCD and intrusive thoughts. So kind of just hmm. listed them. <laughs> how old but, were you? Um, I was, oh my gosh, how old was I? 21? No, I must be 22. What, what triggered it? Like, why did you, you, you were just feeling shitty and went to the doctor? Um, so, <laughs> I'm just feeling awful. <laughs> it's just like, I'm sick. Um, no, so I, well, it started kind of happening around 19. I started feeling really depressed, um, but I wasn't really taking it seriously, I guess. I feel like a lot of us can feel sad and like we can't get out of bed, but I think that, you know, society kind of tells us oh you're just lazy you're just being sad it's very gray yeah. yeah and so it's one of those things that you can really demean it within your own self and be like okay you know i shouldn't tell anyone i'll just act like i'm fine and so yeah so i started feeling really depressed when i was 19 and basically bipolar disorder can be triggered by uh, certain events and so it's like if you experience something traumatic at that time when you're an adult it usually comes up between late teens and early to mid 20s mm -hmm. so you can experience something traumatic or it can be some trauma from childhood that is triggered as an adult and or it can just be like just randomly start it can just from stress or okay. um, not sleeping yeah. so it's like up and down like really extreme moods yes um well <laughs> <laughs> um no yeah uh, so basically there's different kinds so bipolar one is when you have that extremity in both realms of mania and depression and it's just it's a mood disorder so you feel yeah. really high and then you feel really low right yeah and then there's bipolar two which is where you have depression and it can be extreme depression and hypomania which is a milder form of mania hmm. um so that's kind of like the euphoric feeling that people experience what, what kind do you have bipolar one okay and I have that with rapid cycling which basically means that you well for me personally I had it where you know I had a few weeks mean manic and then I had a few weeks depressed and then it got into the realms of a few days manic a few days depressed and then even within a day I would feel mania and depression so it can get it can you know be a few months here and there or it can be every day you feel that so and you're on medication now yes and that make that controls it Yes. So you don't have too many ups and downs? No, I actually, I haven't had an episode 
for a year and a half, so that's been really nice. An episode of depressive or mania, you mean? Either, yeah, okay. yeah, mania or, or okay. depression. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes I wonder if I have that. A lot of people probably do. Everyone like ups and downs are normal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what? Why do you think yours were more severe than others? Definitely. Um, well, yeah, I feel like a lot of people can relate to depression and kind of understand that, like loss of interest in activities. Um, you know, you can't get out of bed, you can't go to work, stuff like that. And obviously it goes to the realms of self-harm and suicidal thoughts. And mm. so for me, I was very much going to the extremes in both realms where I did have suicidal thoughts. And at the same time, you know, I'd have that for a few weeks and then for another few weeks, I'd feel manic. And it's interesting because in both realms of hypomania, which is mild mania, and then in what they call full-blown mania, um, you're feeling definitely different than normal. Um, how I, I mean, I definitely didn't diagnose myself. I went into the doctors and explained everything and, uh. and he gave the diagnosis, but basically I went into full-blown mania, which is such a, I don't want to say interesting thing, but kind of wild thing. Um, well, yeah, I hear it feels good. Oh, hypo- <laughs> no, 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 I know. Um, no, hypomania, which is the okay. euphoric feeling. You haven't felt that? Oh, I did at first. And then it went into, oh yeah, I loved it. <laughs> but um, Yeah, you feel like you can conquer the world. Yeah, no, it's yeah. that's that's what's so interesting is that some people don't even kind of want to, or they may not even know something's wrong because they just may be feeling, and it feels so natural to you at the time. Like, yeah. I'm just feeling great. I'm on top of the right. world. I'm life of the party. I just got a good night's sleep or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't and know. So, no, yeah. totally. And so I feel like with full-blown mania, the difference in that is that you just, it's like, well, I guess how I can describe it. I mean, I obviously I don't know if everyone's taken drugs, but basically, you know, how they explain it is that hypomania and mild mania is very much you take like the perfect drug, you know, that just makes you feel great. Mm. And then how I can describe full blown mania for myself is as if someone's just like force feeding you a handful of drugs and you have no idea how you're going to feel because I would feel I mean, my heart would be racing. I would actually like pass out like faint because it was so intense. Mm. Um, You just feel I would basically um, be pacing back and forth my room and I would think it's 20 minutes and I've been like three hours. You're just it's my mind would race so fast that I wouldn't even be able to talk properly because it would just be too intense. So it's just such a wild feeling and it's very hard to explain but the fact that it really makes you so you're not able to do anything you know kind of similar to depression how you can't do anything you, you had know? friends witness this yeah and they would they would tell you like you're being really weird right now yeah i mean at the time <laughs> i have to admit i didn't have many friends but um, okay. <laughs> but uh but i did have uh, my girlfriend my current girlfriend um mm. she saw me and usually i would just like knowing that that there was something wrong with me, not understanding it was mania, I would just lock myself in my room and be like, I can't interact with anyone socially. But she saw me one time when I was manic and she's just like, are you okay? Because I would be talking super fast. I wouldn't be making sense. I told her, you know, my heart's beating so fast. Like I think I might need to go to the hospital, which can actually happen in mania where you have to be hospitalized. Hmm. So, um, so yeah, so definitely. But after she noticed, I was like, okay, never, never being around her again like that because I don't want her to think there's anything wrong with me. Yeah. And that's often something we're scared of people being like, there's something wrong with you and not wanting to be close to you in any way. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you said, have you been ho- hospitalized? 
No. Okay. I haven't kind of out of choice, I will say, because <laughs> because um, right. I just, um, I definitely felt like I needed to on several occasions um, with de- the depression and with the mania, but it's very much, you know, I was working full-time, going to school full-time, and I was very worried, you know, if I go to the hospital, if they put me in the mental hospital, and then if I'm going to get let go from work, or, you know, it's just, it's very scary, or I can't make money, which I need to make, so it's one of those (laughs) things where I was just like, you know, tough it through, just get through it, but Hmm. that doesn't really work, so. Um, You came to the doctor, and you're like, I'm having these weird episodes, these whatever, and he's just like... Yeah, you, you did he have you take a quiz or how did the diagnosis happen? Yeah, definitely. Um, with him, it was really great. He's a really great psychiatrist. Unfortunately, some aren't. So some, for example, will have you in for a few minutes and say, and you just say, oh, I'm, I feel this, this and that. And then they mark you as like six different things and give you six different prescriptions, which is so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, for mine, I was very lucky and he really took the time. I explained to him like, you know, past trauma and stuff like that. And he really tried to understand what it was. And obviously he does have a degree in it and everything. And so it was very much a few sessions and yeah. What was the past trauma? Um, <laughs> I mean, unless you don't want to share. No, no, no. It um, might, yeah, it might be too long of a story, but it's fine. No, um, yeah. So, well, basically <laughs> in my case, it was definitely stemmed from childhood trauma, which was brought up as an adult. And so it was very much like ongoing abuse from when I was like a toddler to like 13. And then from 14 to 18, I very much um, tried to zone it out and disassociate. And then when I was 19, I got into an abusive relationship with one of my first girlfriends. And Hmm. that was like physically, emotionally abusive. And it was the same as when I was a child. And it felt the helplessness. I felt so, so much helplessness. And that triggered, that started triggering the depression and then the mania. So it was very much... Um, you know, uh, yeah. What's the what medication are you on? Um, I'm on risperidone, which is actually an antipsychotic. It sounds so bad. I, I hate saying that. It's no, like no. such a you know taboo. Risper- how do you say it? Risperidone. Or Ris- you can say risperidol. Risperidol, risperidone, risperidone. <laughs> risperidone, Risper- but with an N. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, um, and that's specifically for bipolar. Um. Well, it's interesting. Um, a lot of people with bipolar actually don't take that. Um, it's kind of more specific. So schizophrenics or people who are diagnosed as schizophrenic um, basically will take, I don't, I'm not sure the exact milligram, but they take a higher milligram than I take. Mm-hmm. And um, and basically under, I'm pretty sure it's under one milligram, people um, diagnosed bipolar will take it. And for me personally, it's because when I was in the manic mode, I would experience like hallucinations, as in hearing things and seeing shadows. It wasn't too much visual hallucinations. Hmm. And also since I experienced intrusive thoughts, which is very much, you know, like when you see a scary movie and you have a scary scene in your head and you can't stop replaying it, it's very much that was with intrusive thoughts, you just can't stop it no matter what you do. So that can happen with past trauma that it can keep replaying. Hmm. So specifically for me, but I think that's something that, uh, that depending on the person Hmm. and then lamictal is the mood stabilizer which is uh very common for people to use you take so yeah that one's kind of more like lithium a little bit exactly okay yeah yeah. um 
Or is it lithium? Or I don't even know. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always think of Nirvana when I say lithium, yeah. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, so my doctor actually prefers Lamictal. Lithium has been something that's been around for a long time. Yeah. But it, it do- can have negative side effects. And also you do have to have blood, blood work done, um, I think, like every month or every few weeks. And so um, we decided on Lamictal, and it's been really great. And I think that's the newer one that a lot of people... That's- so it's just those two for now? Yes, yes. Okay. You said you mentioned self-harm. Mm-hmm. What was that about? You, oh, yeah. you were suicidal? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always, it's, like, it's not really funny, but... No, no. I mean, yeah. it's, such a, it's something where I've gotten to the point where I can talk about it and obviously like, not joke about well, I it. I guess but now I that think, you're, you're good, it's great. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think there's comfortability with... Um, with kind of accepting how things were and so you can not necessarily laugh about it but you know um, no, i mean it's a good story yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, <I'm, laughs> well so, thank you <laughs> so this is before the diagnosis or during or after or what um, when, when did that happen yeah it was definitely before it was a depressive episode yes okay. um so basically as the mania got higher, the depression got lower, as in, you know, higher depression. Hmm. So basically, when I was at my highest in mania, that's when I um, started self-harming. Something that I would actually do a lot was like bruising. Hmm. I it, it kind of creates a certain type of pain that I did that since I was younger, since I was a kid. And I think that's something where when you're a kid... Um, bruising like bruising like just hitting something just hitting or, your arm yeah yeah usually with like something. wow yeah so huh. that's I, I think it's because I did it as a child that it was very much something ingrained into me and like almost a reflex and that that's the interesting thing about self-harm is that maybe people don't realize that sometimes it even comes as a reflex when you're feeling worthless when you're feeling depressed it can almost be something that just to take the pain away it's like yeah. do anything hurting yourself felt good um yeah it's it's such an interesting thing to to talk about because I feel that I'm sure a lot of people can understand. I think a lot of people may not um, get it, but it's basically when you're filled with so much emotional pain, to be able to take that away by some type of physical pain, it mm, distracts you. It completely, it distracts you. And also when you feel worthless, the big thing for me was when I felt so much self-hatred, I would just be like, I deserve this. I deserve to self-harm. I deserve to be harmed. Hmm. And um, so, yeah, so it's definitely a mix of those things. So bipolar and what else? Um, So bipolar, PTSD, and then anxiety. How often do you go to counseling? Um, Well, I... Or therapy. Yeah. It's all the same. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, <laughs> um, I go to my psychiatrist um, every few months before it was every three weeks um, when I was first getting started for about the first year. And now, um, yeah, now I only have to go every few months because I do have um, the medication that I feel is best for me. And at first it was very much kind of trying out different medication. So, um, How many did you try out? Um, about five. Wow. Um, yeah, that was, uh, well, it was interesting because they were each for different things. So I took Prazosin, which is for PTSD nightmares. Um, and then I... That like makes you like sleep hella good or... 
<laughs> it's supposed to. Mm. Um, so basically, it stops your body from having adrenaline rushes, which is what you experience during nightmares. Um, and so that was really helpful at the time. I feel like that would give me a nightmare. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm like too comatose or something. No, it's it's very interesting. Um, for me, it was worth it because I was deliberately not sleeping because my nightmares were so bad. And so it did help me. But in the morning, I would feel so groggy and I would stand up and almost pass out. Hmm. Um, what were your nightmares about? Um, very much just trauma from my past and kind of... Um, it's so interesting because... You know, if you've had a nightmare where it feels so real, it can be very damaging in the way of you, it's it's in a way reliving the trauma. So yeah. that's why I wouldn't want to sleep because I'd just be, I would try to sleep two hours a night before I got um, the medication just because I was like, I really don't want to, don't want to fall asleep and dream about that. So, um, Do you think you'll ever be off medication? That's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, really. I, did you know I'm on Lexapro? I didn't. Yeah, oh. yeah. I've been on Lexapro for two years. Oh, okay. Uh, just for, uh, I mean, social anxiety, depression, yeah. Yeah, completely. <laughs> no, I understand that. I have really bad social anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was, like, so nervous to be here. But I was like, but I, you make I'm me always, feel I mean, yeah, I'm always a little nervous before these two, yeah. Totally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, it's interesting. My, my doctor says a goal is to eventually have patients either get off their medication or at least lessen the dose. And so for me personally, it's interesting because since I, you know, have only been on them for, you know, I mean, what, like a year and a half, two years or something, um, I feel that I'm so comfortable that I wouldn't really want to mess with it as of now. Um, but I guess it's just something where I'd have to see, but it's just so hard to think of kind of going back to yeah. not knowing or also um, I've had withdrawals when I haven't been able to get my medication on time and they are so painful Ooh. so painful yeah like I brain zaps yeah. yeah so um so I'm just kind of like I'm good <laughs> I'm good for right now I know that's how I feel like I'm like I'm fine where I am exactly and I it's not too much of a hassle just like everyone's like oh it's so hard to take a pill every day it's like well you take you eat food every day it's like it's like it's just one more thing it's not that big of a deal completely um, takes like literally half a second. Seconds, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like, yeah. But um, exactly. yeah. So you experience some uh, stigma. People are just like, oh, or like, have your parents been like, you don't have bipolar, or I don't know. Oh, completely. Um, um, that's what's really sad is when people demean it and say, oh, you don't have depression, you don't have bipolar, you don't have you know any type of mental health issue you're dealing with. Um, so yeah, when I actually first kind of accepted that I may have mania and depression. I wasn't trying to diagnose myself, but it was more just, okay, I'm reading about this and researching and it does kind of fit a bit. And so I was trying to accept it, which is really hard to accept things like that because yeah. you feel out of control. You don't want to, well, and you, you don't want to be weak. Completely. Yeah. Yes. That's definitely part of the stigma and, and whatnot with mental illness. Um, so yeah, so the first person I told, they actually were like, oh no, you're just sad. And yeah. the hard part was I thought I could trust them. And then when they said that, it was like, yikes, I'm not telling anyone, you know, because yeah. the one person I trust can't even validate it. Then it's like, who would? Yeah. Um, and then with the stigmas around it, I think bipolar, I mean, people misuse it all the time, um, whether in a trying to be professional manner or not. Um, it's definitely one of those things where I think it's very much associated with just being crazy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think um, that you can kind of implode at any time and just 
have like an episode at any time and go crazy. Um, and also something that I've gotten, which is very sad, is that you're unsafe. It's like unsafe to be around you because you can explode at any time. Hmm. Um, and so that's that's obviously, um, you know, can be very hurtful to people. Have you ever wondered if you're a narcissist? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, wait, if I deny it, am I? Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, when I was a kid, actually, I was very. Um, you were a brat. No, no <laughs> um, as an angel. Uh, no, I actually definitely exhibited signs of a sociopath, to be honest. I think I was very cut off. I think because of the abuse I had to very much just... You were like emo or... Oh, no, I was actually one of those people who seemed like perfectly fine and then inside had no empathy which oh. which I, I think it was just you know when when you're experiencing that pain it's kind of like you have to pretend as if you as if you don't feel pain you right. know when it's like yeah. this ongoing thing and so um so I think I just it was it was a very interesting thing but then when I got older I think I became like too empathetic to the point where I would just you know just I felt like I, I, I don't want to say that you can even feel too much, but maybe in a way, and then you know the depression and mania start happening, so you feel a lot within that, especially within the depression. What kind of abuse are we talking about? Um, should I get deep here? <laughs> it's a, it's really up to you. Oh, I don't yeah. mind. I just don't know if it'd be too deep for. I don't think channel? so. I mean, you don't think so? well, maybe I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I, I mean, it's not live, so. No, no, totally. <laughs> that was so scary if it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, some podcasts do that. Like uh, H3, I think, does it live. and Yeah, yeah. That would be scary. I know. Anything <laughs> live, I'm, like, terrified about. Yeah, I, I've been on TV a few times. It's pretty scary. Really? Yeah. Well, like, oh. back when I did the prigs, yeah. Wait, I actually, I saw the one where you danced on... Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's so cringy. No, I thought it was great. It's like, oh, Andrew, no. doing <laughs> well. You could just... <laughs> Could you Doing tell well how nervous I, I was so nervous for that? No, no, no. No, well, like the, the producer before was just like, all right, you have to be way more pumped up than how I, I'm seeing you now. <laughs> he like got me all freaked out. That was, oh man. Oh, yeah, the doctors. Um, okay, what were we talking about? The abuse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, the abuse. <laughs> well, um, I mean, yeah, if you're, if I think that's, well, yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious, yeah. No, totally. Um, <laughs> so, basically, um, from when I was, like, a toddler to, like, 13, I was actually, like, used in child pornography. So, no. Yeah, so that's why it's, it's very much. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, so it was interesting. From who? Like, your parents? Um, from some people very close to my family. Like uncles and aunts and whatnot. Yeah, something like that. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so it was... And up until 13, how did you like... What, like what happened? Was there someone found out and you got out of it? And um, No, it was very much that it just stopped. And um, I don't... Like this sounds so sick, but maybe I like aged out of it in a way because a lot of um a lot this of is videos in california and, couldn't you get them or did you get them arrested no because they like threatened if i said anything so it's very like they threaten your life they threaten a lot of things so it's basically and especially as a kid you know you feel so helpless so even though you know like this is so much pain and all this stuff and that's why i felt very like suicidal as a kid because i was just like i don't want to experience that you know oh my gosh so.
I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I know, that's what I was oh like, I don't know if it's gosh. too deep. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Put that in or not, it's whatever. Um, <laughs> These people are still out there and you you still haven't told on them or whatever. Um, that you that you were raised it's man that's crazy yeah it is quite crazy they, wait they, it was like video or pictures both yeah wow yeah so it's it's very much something that i i personally didn't even accept until recently um yeah. it's very much something that you try to just put out of Dis- your head disassociate oh completely yeah and so, i can't even comprehend that yeah so that that's why like the ptsd nightmares and everything were so rough and then um Mm -hmm. yeah so but it's really something that i have just been accepting within the past year to be honest because obviously it came up and that's how you know i knew obviously i had to accept it because of the mania and depression i knew that it had something to do with that but um, i really haven't accepted it until this past year and i'm still in that process because it can be very difficult to go back to that and try to heal from that yeah but, well you, um, you seem you seem seem perfectly normal <laughs> that's like, what people think i'm just joking <laughs> holy shit well i guess i just met you but no now you know my deepest secrets <laughs> man no um, don't tell anyone i'm just joking <laughs> are you vegan or anything no. <laughs> <laughs> well, all these documentaries coming out are claiming, you know, you go plant based and all a lot of, all these symptoms and diseases will disappear. You know, so that's one thing I want to try out. Oh, really? Well, like for me, that's yeah, cool. like to maybe hopefully get off Lexapro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't eat too much meat or or dairy products and whatnot in general, um, and I try to have a healthy diet because that's definitely very yeah, important. Yeah. Um, you exercise. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Not not as much as I should, hmm. but uh, but yeah, definitely that really helps. And then obviously just sleeping really helps. When I don't get a good night's sleep, it's my psychiatrist says that your emotions can just be anywhere, like yeah, anywhere. So yeah. it's really important to sleep. So I try hmm. to at least follow that. Yeah, you're a YouTuber. Um, not full time. I do okay. uh, I do make YouTube videos, but they're pretty silly and stuff like that. It's like a hobby now ish. Yeah, yeah, it's very much a hobby. Um, and then for full time, I work in television production, and then I'm a writer. I just published my first book, so that's been pretty cool. Oh yeah, so, yeah. The, the poems. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. You, there's no link on your Instagram. I couldn't. So. Oh you, yeah, I need to put that. On is there. it on? It's on Amazon. Yes. Okay, yes. I just type in. I'll put in the, the link so there. if anyone, if anyone like to check it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, and I'll I can put it on this video too. When did it come out? Um, it just came out last week. Oh, so great. basically I was doing it. It's kind of was undercover because yeah, yeah. I wanted to get some reviews by people because oh. they say like that's good to have reviews before they get public. So yeah. Alright. Any last words? I think I covered everything that I wanted to ask. No, yeah. Um, well thank you for watching. Um, <laughs> if you would like to um, purchase my book or if you don't have the means to, you can DM me and I'd love to give you a special code for it to get it for free. Um, it'll be in the link in my bio and maybe the link down yeah, here. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And yeah, and if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, I make silly videos, or to my Instagram. So. You're a pro. Oh, <laughs> you, did, you did it all for me. <laughs> I usually do that part. As well as his, of course. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I just say thanks for watching, but... <laughs>